Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hi everyone, and welcome to Parent Talk, broadcasting out of the Greater Vancouver area. We're here to inform, educate, and support parents from the early years and beyond. Our show is a great way to expand your village and fill your parental toolbox with as many resources as possible. I'm Genevieve Kyle. I'm your host here on Parent Talk, as well as On les Parents Parle, which is our new French edition. I'm 42-year-old, and I'm a mom of two boys, Alexandre, who is two and a half, and Nathan, who is almost one. Today, we're talking about nutrition for fertility, so let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. Hi, everyone. Heather Fox here, co-host of Parent Talk. I am 41 years old and mom to Hudson, who is just over two years old, and I'm expecting a baby girl in March. Hi, everyone. My name is Krista Parr. Thank you so much for having me, Genevieve and You're Heather. You're welcome. Um, I have a four-year-old son. I'm 37 years old, and I'm a registered holistic nutritionist and founder of Root to Fruit Nutrition. So I work with women who are preparing for pregnancy or actively trying to conceive by supporting them on their fertility journeys through good nutrition and holistic lifestyle. Well, thank you, Krista, for being here. And thank you, Heather. So Krista, at what point should a woman consider making dietary changes when they're preparing for pregnancy? Well, we know that nutritious food is fundamental to vibrant health. So getting as healthy as possible before pregnancy usually leads to a healthy pregnancy and a healthy baby. But food works in subtle ways. So we need to give the body time to respond to dietary improvements. So ideally, we would take at least six months or more to prepare for pregnancy, but three months minimum. So the reason for this is that it takes about 100 days for an egg to mature and be ready for fertilization. And during those 100 days, the eggs are really susceptible to nutrient deficiencies, toxic exposures, that sort of thing. So we can really influence the health of the egg and um, keep the DNA protected when we're making sound dietary choices. So the same goes for men. Sperm take about 75 days to produce. And again, during that time, they're highly susceptible to toxic exposures and damage from the foods that we eat. Um, so three months minimum, we can really influence the health of the pregnancy, um, it, the ability to get pregnant, stay pregnant and have a healthy baby. But if we give ourselves six months or more to prepare for pregnancy, there's time to undergo a period of gentle detoxification before then building up the nutrient stores for pregnancy. So we would never want to do any detox or cleansing while we're pregnant because that can negatively affect the baby. So if we have six months to a year, then we can do some detox and then build up the nutrient stores um, in time for pregnancy. Mm. What are the best food to focus on for optimal fertility? So that is the million dollar question, of course. Yes, we want to know. <laughs> <laughs> so anybody who has uh, done any research into nutrition for fertility can quickly become overwhelmed because there is so much conflicting information out there and, 
and clickbait that is just so confusing. So it's never been more confusing to try to answer the question of, you know, what is a fertility diet and what is healthy eating? So um, to try and simplify that, just eat real food. So real food comes from nature, not from a factory. Real food is whole. You'll find it in the bulk section. It's not packaged. No matter how fancy or expensive or organic or fertility friendly that packaged food is, you can't beat the real whole food that comes from nature with all of the fiber and the enzymes and the cofactors that are necessary to break down and absorb that real food. So uh, a good measure is, would my great-grandmother recognize this as food or would somebody's great-grandmother recognize this as food? And that's a really good question that people can ask themselves to determine, is this food right for me? And is this real food that's going to have health benefits? So I know that doesn't answer your question yet, but I'm I'm getting there. Um, <laughs> We're listening. <laughs> so, and the other thing I want to note is that there's no one diet that's right for everyone all of the time. So we are all unique, and so are our nutritional requirements. So part of uh, working with someone like me is really helping to determine what foods make you thrive, which foods really nourish your body. And that can take a bit of detective work. So even within the realm of real whole foods, uh, it's not the same recipe for everyone. So although all of the women that I work with are wanting to have a healthy baby, it's not going to be the same path to get there. So we all require different nutrients, different foods to help us thrive and to build our fertile bodies. So having said that, um, if I were giving advice to women that I had never met before on a fertility diet, I would probably go with two categories of foods, which would be antioxidants and healthy fats. And those I think would be the, the most important foods for fertility. So Antioxidants are uh, a group of nutrients found in foods that basically protect our cells and our tissues and our organs from damage. Damage is happening in our bodies all the time, from the pollution that we breathe in to the sugar that we eat, the stress that we experience, the medications that we take, um, the exercise that we do. Damage is happening in our bodies, and antioxidants can go around and repair that damage or protect our organs uh, from that damage. So like I mentioned earlier, both eggs and sperm are highly susceptible to that kind of damage. So if we can flood the body with antioxidants, we can maintain the integrity of our DNA and the quality of our reproductive organs so that we are able to get pregnant. So when you guys think of antioxidants, is there any foods that come to mind? Berries, dark chocolate, <laughs> kale. <laughs> I like. Mine were more fun. <laughs> I like Heather's answers better. <laughs> but you're both right. Yeah, so you guys have an idea of antioxidants. Definitely things like pomegranate and blueberries are really popular ones. Real dark chocolate um, might just be the food with the highest antioxidant capacity on earth, which is pretty amazing. Um, but there's other foods too. Any fresh food like lemons or any fresh vegetables, kale, like you said, cucumber, like Almost any fresh food has some amount of vitamin C, which in itself is an antioxidant. Um, so trying to have 
some kind of fresh food with every meal and snack is going to keep your antioxidant status up throughout the day because um, the antioxidant activity is fleeting. So we need to replenish those nutrients often throughout the day. So think fresh foods, fresh foods that you enjoy eating. So Genevieve, if you like kale, eat that. (laughs) Another, if you like berries and chocolate, eat that. Those are great antioxidants. Um, And then healthy fats. So there have been decades of uh, low-fat marketing that have us all scared of eating fat. And science now understands that eating fat does not lead to weight gain. It's excess sugar and refined carbs that takes care of that. So we need to get rid of the fear of fats and understand that fats really are our friend and essential for health and for fertility. So every single one of our cells and organs actually requires healthy fats in order to uh, to function properly. So every cell membrane in your body is actually made of the fats that you eat. So the quality of the fat that you choose is really, really important. Our hormones are also made of the fats that we eat. The fats are the raw materials for hormone production. So we cannot have balanced hormones without eating healthy fats. So what are healthy fats? Do you guys have favorites? Avocado, coconut oil. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, coconut oil, grapeseed oils, nuts. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So, and even ones like, I'm going to say butter, like Mm -hmm. there are benefits to butter and ghee and pasture raised eggs and um, high quality animal products can have healthy fats in them too. So the ones we want to stay away from are industrial oils like canola and soybean oil, um, cottonseed oil, that sort of thing. Even sunflower seed oil can be problematic. So um, fats are a really big subject, and I teach entire workshops on this one subject. And of course, we can't get to all of that today. But when we talk about which foods are are good for fertility, antioxidants and healthy fats are high on the list. Now then, we talked about the good foods for optimal fertility. I'm curious, what foods should be avoided for optimal fertility? Yeah, so the priority is always to eat as many clean, whole, nutrient-dense foods as possible rather than outlawing any specific foods. So getting as much good stuff in as possible is top of the list. And healthy eating is about balance. So I really believe that enjoying favorite foods guilt-free on occasion can be part of a healthy diet, even if our favorite foods are considered sinful or or unhealthy. I think that uh, the joy of um, delicious foods is nourishing. So I'll say that. Um, However, there are certain foods that that can be damaging to fertility. And I would never want to scare anybody away from eating foods because I don't think we should fear anything. All food can be part of a healthy diet. However, if we have three months to prepare our bodies for pregnancy and we're trying to do everything that we can within those three months to uh, nourish our eggs and sperm and give them what they need, I would say top of the list would be dangerous fats and oil. Like I mentioned before, canola oil, corn oil, soybean oil, margarine, those 
types of dangerous fats cause inflammation and damage to the body, uh, which we then need to eat a lot of antioxidants to, to counteract. So the problem was that those dangerous fats are found everywhere. So any kind of packaged or processed food, even restaurant foods, um, usually restaurants can't afford to use coconut oil or, you know, avocado oil or even olive oil for their cooking. And so even, you know, our favorite expensive restaurants might be using low quality oils in their cooking. So it is really hard to avoid them. But that would be top of the list because of the damage that they can do to our bodies. And then after that, I would say avoiding sugar as much as possible, like refined sugar, uh, simple carbohydrates, and that sort of thing, which can really disrupt hormones and deplete the body of essential minerals that we're trying to really build up. Um, Yeah, so I'm not going to give you a big, long list because, again, it's all about balance. But unhealthy fats and white sugar would be on the list. Also, I've heard, and this may or may not be correct, so I, I made sure Bruce avoided it, was aspartame. So, you want to any comments on aspartame? <laughs> I just had Bruce avoided at all costs. <laughs> yeah. So, did you hear that that men in, yeah, in, in particular. particular are... So I, I don't have it myself at all, but I knew he was a big Diet Coke guy. And so, I was like, honey, no. It's like, I heard it's terrible for sperm. So, I was like, Yeah. <laughs> Again, so sperm, because they live like outside the body, are so susceptible to damage. And so any, it's a chemical, right? It's an artificial sweetener, which is not recommended for anybody, let alone people who are trying to grow a whole nother human. Uh, So absolutely aspartame and all artificial sweeteners should be avoided as much as possible. So if we're looking for a good alternative to sugar, when I say, you know, avoid sugar as much as possible, I would want to go with real whole sweeteners like pure maple syrup, uh, raw honey, even things like coconut sugar, date sugar, those sorts of things. So not going the artificial route. Cool. So now how important is it to be eating organic foods for fertility? Oh, great question. I think it's really important. We know that many of the pesticides that are used in conventional food production are endocrine disruptors. This means that they have the potential to mess with hormones. And once we are pregnant, these pesticides can cross the placenta and expose the baby to these toxic chemicals. And, you know, the world we're living in now is more toxic than ever before. So preparing for pregnancy is a time of reducing the toxic load in any ways that we can control because there's so many toxins that we really can't avoid that are just in our environment. So uh, if we can make a choice with organic foods, I really think that we should. Having said that, I know that it is expensive to eat organic. So have you heard of the Clean 15 and the Dirty Dozen? Yeah, so... We're there, we're making a sign of yes. Perfect. (laughs) We're nodding. If you don't know about the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15, it's a really great resource to sort of guide your shopping habits. So the Environmental Working Group puts out a list each year of all of the... Um, fruits and vegetables that are tested for pesticide residues and which ones are tested for the most and which ones are the lowest. So for example, I don't tend to buy organic onions because 
they test for really low levels of pesticide residues. So I know I can save my money and I don't have to buy organic onions. But when it comes to something like apples or strawberries, consistently year after year, conventional apples and strawberries have a lot of pesticide residues. So I would go with organic. The other reason why I think it's important to choose organic is because it's a way of honoring the fertility of our earth, which then in turn nourishes us. And so our food choices are, are bigger than us and we need to look at that impact as well. So is there any different nutritional recommendation for women hoping to conceive through IVF like me <laughs> that did conceive through, through IVF? Yeah, I would say um, because IVF requires women to take so many medications, I would encourage a lot of foods that can offset the sort of acidity and inflammation that those medications can cause. So foods that support the liver to do its important work of detoxifying those medications. So things like cooked onion and garlic and lemon, leafy greens would be really supportive in that sense. And then foods that are easy to digest because the medications can um, mess with the gut as well. So homemade soups made with bone broths um, are a good idea as well. Now, eating certain foods aren't necessarily going to improve IVF outcomes, uh, but a healthy diet can also just keep your body resilient enough to withstand the immense stress of an IVF cycle. And then there's certain things that I can do with women who are going through IVF um, at certain phases of the process, like uh, when hydration is really important um, or foods that are going to support uh, the certain medication that they're on during different phases. So... Yes, yes and no. So I would just want to be even more gentle with foods for women who are going through IVF because it's it's such a stress on the body. So anti-inflammatory foods like ginger and turmeric, um, omega-3 fatty acids, which are highly anti-inflammatory. Yeah, but it's a lot of the same things that I would recommend for women who are trying to conceive without IVF anyways. Someone I know went all the way to become vegan because they were going through IVF after they tried a few cycles and ended up trying being vegan. Would you go all the way there? Well, again, we are all unique and so are our nutritional requirements. Not everybody thrives on a vegan diet, but some people do. So if that individual was coming to a point where it really felt like only plant foods were going to make them feel as nourished and strong as possible, then I would support that. And I would just want to make sure that they're getting all of the essential nutrients that aren't always present in plant foods. So are they getting enough iron? Are they getting enough B vitamins? Are they getting enough essential fatty acids? And hey, eating more plants is never a bad idea. So I love vegan food. Uh, but I don't thrive on an exclusively vegan diet. But there are people who do. And so eating more vegetables can never hurt. I can share a little bit about my own story here when I choose to go with IVF treatment. I took some supplements, which was uh, CoQ10, vitamin D, and of course, the classic folic acid, right? And my diet was quite good to start with. So I didn't do myself a lot of changes. 
but uh, this is what I did take as su as supplement. What do you think about those supplements, or is there any other ones out there that are good? Yeah, those three supplements are really well researched. So a lot of fertility doctors will recommend those because there are studies showing their benefit during IVF or, or their impact on fertility, things like egg quality and embryo implantation and um, fetal health. So those are fantastic supplements to be taking. Um, but always uh, having been advised by a doctor or healthcare practitioner, um, Because some supplements might not be right for everyone, but those those are often recommended. I would just add to that that you can't sort of out-supplement a poor diet. So there's no pill that can replace a healthy diet when that is the foundation of our health. So we can add supplements on top of a healthy diet to really complement and support what's already being done with real food, but it's certainly no um, replacement. I love this. Huh? Don't think the pill will fix it. No, and it, it's too easy. People want a pill to fix everything, but it's it's not that simple, unfortunately. And mm -hmm. and quality matters with supplements as well. So we can waste a lot of money on expensive urine um, if we're buying low quality supplements that we're literally just just peeing out. So I, I never would suggest to someone to just willy nilly pick up a bunch of pills and then start popping them. Really mindfully select your supplements and, and work with a practitioner that can help you. Mm -hmm. Should men also be making dietary changes to support their fertility? Absolutely. So we know that both male and female are equally important in fertility, miscarriage risk, and the health of the baby. So there haven't been as much Uh, there hasn't been as much research on the male impact, especially in terms of things like miscarriage, but there is more and more. It's becoming more of an interest in the fertility world. Uh, and we do know that there is a huge impact coming from the, the male side. So it's not just up to the woman to adopt a nutritious diet, but often it falls on her shoulders and it can be really stressful for a lot of the women that I work with. So it's really wonderful when couples embark on a journey to healthy eating together um, and they can support one another along the way because if you've ever tried to change your diet you know that it's super hard <laughs> so having the support of a partner through it can really help with success rates as well like if you make a plan to eat healthier but you've got a buddy an accountability buddy and that person is your husband it can it can be really helpful And it's a great way to establish healthy habits to pass on to future children as well when both partners are in it together. So there are specific nutrients um, like selenium and zinc and lycopene, omega-3 fatty acids and vitamin D. They're all involved in sperm health and production. So there are, there are specific male nutrients that are important as well. Mm -hmm. Are there any fertility nutrition myths you would like to bust? Oh, I guess just that there are no miracle foods that are guaranteed to boost fertility. Zutalol. <laughs> you know, from so many clients, I, I get texts or emails saying, like, should I take royal jelly or how should I eat the core of a pineapple or, you know, I just read such and such. Like there's all of these uh, headline grabbing clickbait articles that are Uh, telling people to buy this supplement or eat this food for t for fertility and 
it's really not that simple. It's about the habits that you do often and not the one sort of magical foreign food that you all of a sudden introduce into your diet that's going to transform everything. Diet is about these, these small sustainable steps that we take several times a day that then brings the body into balance. So it's not very glamorous, unfortunately, but it just takes um, hard work and perseverance and, and patience to change your diet and, and transform your health. There's there's no miracle fertility foods. Krista, we can find you on our panel of experts at parenttalk.ca. Where else can we find you? Uh, you can find me on my website. That's roottofruitnutrition.ca. And on there, I have a recipe blog you can subscribe to. I send out a healthy, fertility-friendly recipe about once a month. Um, and then my social media of choice is Instagram, where I'm always sharing healthy fertility recipes and meal ideas. Uh, that's at Root to Fruit Nutrition, as well as Facebook and Twitter. Awesome. Heather, I think it's time for a conversation card. All right, ladies. So today our question is, what strengths do you bring to your family and do you feel they are appreciated? Well, this might be an obvious one coming from a nutritionist, but I am a darn good cook <laughs> and I make sure that my family is very well fed with healthy, nutritious, delicious meals um, prepared in advance, very thoughtfully and with love. And I would say, yes, um, that is very much appreciated by my family. Awesome. So for me, I'd say, um, a strength that I have is, um, a sense of organization and kind of keeping on top of things. I've always been very organized as a little one. <laughs> I like, I'm a planner. <laughs> So I like to plan, hence be organized. And um, yeah, my husband is not nearly as organized as I am. So yeah, I think he does appreciate, you know, we compliment each other, right? He's got his strengths and I have mine. And that's definitely one of mine that I think he does appreciate for sure. Well, I think for me, I'm a very reliable person. And I think my family appreciate this. But on the other hand, I can drive my husband crazy because I constantly ask different things. If I need help, I will ask, I will reach for help. And I know sometimes I can be insisting a little bit. So I'm sorry, honey, if I always ask you things, <laughs> I appreciate every bit of it. <laughs> But you know, yeah, I think it's one of my main strengths. Yeah. Well, that concludes today's episode. I want to thank you, Krista. And thank you, Heather, for being here. And because you are contributing in other parents' life, helping them and helping us be the best parents we can be. For our listeners, if you want to hear a little bit more about Heather and I, we are releasing some mini episodes called Real Mom Moments, where we talk about what's happening in our daily lives. If you have a question or you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, please visit the contact us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Or you can subscribe directly to this podcast on our website at parenttalk.ca so you don't miss an episode. Please take a minute to review us on Apple Podcasts. We want to know what you think. And remember, there's nothing more powerful than feeling supported by a community of parents and sharing your thoughts, ideas, and experiences. Parent Talk is a safe space for everyone. Thank you for listening and have a great week.
The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner.